Hi, I'm Carrie. And this is Curtis. Welcome to Money Affects Everything. These conversations are meant to discuss the many ways money affects every area of our life. Our goal is to help you change your perspective on money from being the pursuit to seeing money as a tool to fund the life that you want to live. Well, hello everyone. Uh, this is Curtis and thank you for joining us today. Uh, today is a really special day. It's the first day that Carrie and I have met face to face. Uh, so we found each other through the XY Planning Network and every podcast that you episode that you've listened to thus far has been uh, recording via Zoom, and today we are actually in person, live. Yes, so, vaccinated and safe, and so happy to be here. Yeah, I, I think we are approximately six feet apart. Uh, that's mostly for microphone reasons, but we'll, we'll also chop that up to safety. <laughs> uh, so we thought for this episode, we would talk a little bit about investing and potentially a barrier that some people have is their lack of understanding around investing. Um, some people have had a savings account in the past where you actually had an interest rate on that and you could see that accumulate. And then from there, as people begin to accumulate more wealth and invest it, they don't know really what that is often. That uh, They might have some familiarity uh, but generally, if kind of push, people generally go, well, a good investment goes up and a bad investment goes down. And I think that's fair enough. Uh, but when really going back to investing, I would really simplify it and say there are four types of investments that people can make. There are stocks, there are bonds, there are real assets, and there are, there's currency. And when talking about investing, Usually, it's focused more on just stocks and bonds. And why don't we just talk a little bit about what those are? Carrie, can you give us a little background or some thoughts about how would you explain what a stock is and what a bond is? That's, that's a great way to start with thinking about investing. I have had a lot of people in the past be, like I said, intimidated of even taking the first step with an IRA or a 401k because they don't have that background of stocks and bonds. Even people that have business degrees, mm -hmm. they, they don't focus on those areas and it's, it's not taught in high school usually. So it is uh, tough to know and uh, so a stock or otherwise known as equity is when you are actually buying a tiny piece of a company. Mm -hmm. and, and that sounds so bizarre to someone, but if you think of the, the value of XYZ company, and when they go public, they offer shares to the public, of, and let's say they issue a million shares, where the public can then buy a share, and so you own one one millionth. Mm -hmm. of this company. Uh, so that's a basic definition of what a stock is. Mm -hmm. And that differs from a bond, where with a bond, you're actually loaning money to someone or something or a government. And uh, we think of corporate bonds, and that is where you're actually loaning money to a company. And they have to pay you an interest rate, 
for you giving them this money for a certain period of time, and then they pay you back that principal at the end of that time. Mm -hmm. um, so you are a tiny lender of that for that company, but you also could be for the government, where in the case of U.S. bonds and things like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and I, maybe I simplify it too much, but I, I often really try to encourage people to think of it almost as like investing in a pizza company. And most of us can kind of think through how does that work from a cash flow perspective, what are their costs, and you can own the pizza company. So you could just take your own money and invest in it and you're gonna buy the building and you're gonna buy the equipment and that's what you're doing when you're buying equity. You could also do that through debt and you could be, if your friend really wants to start this company and you say, all right, well, here's $100,000, you're going to pay me 5%, that is a bond. Ultimately, when we're talking about corporations and where we typically invest, that is much more complicated and we have a lot more uh, moving parts connected to that. But I, I think on a principle basis, most people understand when we're talking about it and what is it at a basic root level when you're investing as a stock versus as you're investing as a bond. And then how we own those, I think that's changed over time a lot where it used to be you would buy, buy an individual stock or you buy an individual bond. But as time has gone on, we have these different investment vehicles that you can own. Um, what, what vehicles do you use uh, when working with clients and, and how do those work? That's a really good thing to analyze because when you talk about owning a stock and, a, and shares of stock, you might think of companies that like Apple. Mm -hmm. Apple stock has just been huge and uh, grown quite a bit. But to be well diversified, it can be impossible for a younger investor or someone without uh, a lot of wealth to find enough companies to own stock shares in mm -hmm. and be diversified. So years ago, they came up with mutual funds. I say that's the proverbial they. I'm not sure who invented mutual funds, but I'm guessing it was probably a vanguard of, of some type. <laughs> I, I think it was what is now called MFS. Uh, and it was like Massachusetts something or other. Interesting. Um, either them or I feel like Putnam was another one that kind of their funds date back to the 20s, I think. Okay. And so the concept of a mutual fund, it is for the smaller investor. Uh, they, the mutual fund has a manager or a team of managers who pick the stocks to go into this giant trust fund. And so they might have an edict of large cap value and they find large cap value stocks that they purchase and put into this trust. And then you as the investor can buy a share of this mutual fund. And it's just a tiny sliver of that giant trust fund. But what's nice then is you own a tiny piece of hundreds of stocks. So mutual funds were very popular for many, many years. But those managers that were buying and selling stocks inside that fund had to get paid. Mm -hmm. 
So they had this underlying hidden somewhat expense to them, and they still do, so that these managers can get paid. So fast forward, and uh, it was figured out instead to do exchange-traded funds. Same concept. It's a big pool of many different stocks, or stocks and bonds, or just bonds, and they would create this trust fund and this pool of chosen investments and then walk away. It didn't take a day-to-day -day management of someone watching what was inside it. And so they were able to offer them these exchange-traded funds for much less of an underlying internal expense. Uh, so that's what I utilize is exchange-traded funds. Mm -hmm. How about you, Curtis? Yeah, and I, I, I use a combination of both mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, and I think it ultimately comes back to looking at each one of those and remembering that it's just an investment vehicle. It's how you're accessing those underlying investments. So we could go buy them directly, we can buy them through a mutual fund, we can buy them through an exchange-traded fund. There are things called separately managed accounts or pooled investment vehicles or even an investment trust. And I, I can keep going for a long period of time. Uh, just to include another one, hedge funds is just an investment vehicle and it deals with just a legal entity, the way, you're, the way these things are structured. So is it a trust? Is it a corporation? How, how is it legally registered? The 1940 Act Investment Company Act is where that comes from. And I say that not to try to confuse anybody, but really to come back and say, what you want to own is really important. And then a secondary choice of that is, how do you want to own it? So you start back with the core of saying, do you want to own the business directly as, uh, as equity or as a stock or be uh, a bondholder and, and own their debt? And then how much of each one of those do you want to own? Is there a particular approach that you want to have towards that? But the vehicle that you own, and predominantly, I think a lot of advisors today are gravitating more towards those exchange-traded funds or ETFs because they're, they're very efficient, they're very transparent, they're low cost. Uh, all of those things are for the benefit and the boon of investors. And um, yeah, that was a long-winded way of basically saying ETF with some exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And, but this is where the intimidation comes into uh, play because if you start Googling investment options, oh my, uh, the, what you come up with is, is so large. And so for the beginner investor, just researching exchange-traded funds and how they work, I think is a good first step. And then, like you said, understanding that Okay, these ETFs, though, uh, are they invested in large-cap United States stocks, or mm -hmm. are they foreign bonds? So there are all these different categories of ETFs, you know, once you do understand that as a vehicle. And to get that diversification among different sectors uh, might take the help of a professional, but it could be something that you could research on your own. 
Right now, bonds are just not paying. And as a matter of fact, to even own a bond ETF, you could, you could even lose some money holding it. Mm -hmm. You might still get an interest payment, but that underlying value, you, I've seen it even go negative, mm -hmm. which people then might say, well, why in the world would I ever want to own a bond? I, I hear you, but bonds are a safer, in general, a safer mm -hmm. way to invest. And when I say safer, it just means less volatility. There's less up and down. Whereas with stocks, you do have to be willing to take on some risk. Mm -hmm. And if you buy an ETF that follows, let's say the S&P 500, then as you see that ticker on the television screen going up and down with the S&P 500, you're gonna go up and down with it. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to accept that volatility. Yeah, and the, the, the way I, I would talk about that, going back to the pizza example, is if you are the bondholder, you know what you're getting paid. There's no additional upside that, to that, but you are getting the interest that you're getting, that you're owed. As the equity holder, you just are at risk of what happens. And that can be great because they can make great pizza, and they open a bunch of different chains and the equity just grows and grows and grows. Or you could have really bad employees and they kick the oven and they dent it and it's just really tight on cash flow. Well, your equity is going to be going down in value, but as a debt holder or a bond holder, you are still going to be receiving your interest connected to that. Um, obviously, the strength of the business is good for both. Uh, whether you're a bond holder or an equity holder, it's really thinking of what is your position for the cash flows of the business and how are you getting paid connected to that. Um, so I, I, I think, as Carrie was saying, bonds definitely have a place in someone's portfolio and you just have to, again, know the risk that you're taking and where we're when we're talking today in uh, 2021 interest rates are very low and uh, it it's just makes sense to really look at your different options understand that if as a result you're going to take more equity risk uh, understand you're probably going to see your account move up and down more than uh, it might have historically right and i love your pizza shop analogy and to play on that though, if you use exchange traded funds, then when you buy into this fund that may have 500 different companies that are in there, only one of the 500 are the pizza shop. Mm -hmm. And you are only having a very small portion of ownership of the pizza shop. So you really only own like one fork that's in the pizza shop. But it's a good fork. It's a yes, it could be a great fork, which can then help, you know, the one iPhone you own through Apple and the one ad through Google. <laughs> it's very small proportionate ownership, but ownership nevertheless. It is. And that's really the important piece of that is you're you're investing as an equity holder in the long-term cash flows of the company and you are a direct beneficiary of how well they do in business. Yes, yes. Uh, so investing is 
exciting and it can be very profitable. It's a, a dream, an American dream, that the millionaires, billionaires, they have been investing for over a century and enjoying it. And I, and Curtis, both Curtis and I, are trying to bring more people into investing mm -hmm. and to feel comfortable with it because it really can help build a, a college fund for your children, a comfortable retirement fund for you, um, and and help you get your piece of the American dream. Yeah. So hopefully that was a great overview of, as far as talking about investing and the, the basic principles attached to what are you actually owning and a little bit about the vehicles attached to that. And we'll, we'll continue to talk a little bit more and more as time goes on about different strategies and how those might fit within your overall financial plan. Until then, or is that the right way to say that? Uh, from, from now until then, I'm just going <laughs> to continue to really struggle to figure out the right way to wrap this up. But that's what I'm doing, and you know that. So you're just going to have to give me credit. I'm going to give myself you know, a little grace for not really knowing what analogy I was trying to go with. And hope you have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Curtis. Thank you for tuning in. Did you like what you heard? Are you go ready to go make major changes to your financial situation? Stop. Please do not proceed yet. Go talk to the professionals in your life that help you make financial decisions. Whether that's your attorney, your financial advisor, your mortgage broker, the person up the street. The comments here today may or may not be applicable to you in your personal situation. This was not intended to be personal financial advice for you. But if you would like to talk one-on-one, -on -one, this is Carrie Cook, and I'm the pr proud owner of What About Us Financial. I utilize environmental, social, and governance investing to help you invest in a better world. You can find out more at whataboutusfinancial.com. That's whataboutusfinancial, all spelled out, dot com. This is Curtis. I run Quiet Wealth Management. I help retirees and working professionals execute independent solutions for their aspirations and personal circumstances. You can check out my personal website, curtisbailey.io, C-U-R-T-I-S-B-A-I-L-E-Y.io, for more information. Thanks again for tuning in.